Hi, welcome to Eugene Ballet at the Bar. My name is Mark Tucker. Today I'm joined by new dancer Abby Grace de Prima. In getting to know each other, we discuss a multitude of topics, from when and how she fell in love with dance, sharing the same school, though a few years removed, how she uses her pre-performance nerves, what attracted her to Eugene Ballet, and much more. One quick announcement before we get into this episode. Eugene Ballet has raised $72,000 towards our goal of $100,000 to unlock a match grant by December 1st. It is with your support that this has been made possible. Follow our progress at eugeneballet.org and we still need more help. Please share this podcast with one friend you feel might enjoy listening and share our passion for dance. Thank you. You're a brand new dancer with Eugene Ballet. Yeah. And we we personally haven't gotten a chance to get to know each other very well. And uh, I think this is a perfect excuse to just sit down and talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, we did our first show two weekends ago now. Mm-hmm. How did that go for you? What What was it like? It was good. I was just so grateful. I feel like a there's only been so much within our control in the pandemic. Uh, just to like be on stage was just like amazing. You know, I could have just walked, like luckily we actually got to dance on the stage. Right. But we could have just walked across the stage and I would have been like, oh, you know, so grateful. Um, but it was so nice um, and like surprising the amount I was able to dance in the first program. Um, and I felt like getting to do something that had a small cast, I got to show a little bit of who I am and got to know Susie and a little bit of who she was. And, um, that was really special, um, to, to come in and kind of immediately like have a connection person to person. Just dive right in. (laughs) No, I mean, I've been craving it. It's... It's such a strange time to be getting to know new dancers. Usually I, I kind of, I'll like welcome somebody and I'll say like, you're going to dance more than you ever danced in your life. And, and now I really don't know what it's going to be <laughs> like, but, but I am, I'm really glad. I, like you said, I'm, I'm grateful too. I feel like Eugene Ballet has always done difficult things and this is in our wheelhouse and is by far one of the most challenging things we've ever faced the pandemic and finding a way to continue producing art and educating the community and and getting young people involved those are all really complex challenges but if we don't take them on they're not going to happen period yeah and so i'm happy to be a part of it you seem stoked too Oh, yeah, like dancing in any capacity is just a gift, just to to have. And, like, honestly, um, you know, after six months, I think it gave me a lot of time to think about, like, what dancing meant to me because you can kind of mm-hmm. get in the mode where you always cherish it, but you're not, like, consciously, like, mindfully cherishing right. your moments. And then I think having that break, I was... I was like, you know, I I more consciously think now, like, oh, how awesome that, like, I'm doing plies right now. Training, (laughs) I have purpose, like, yeah, I I completely agree with you. It was, um, it was so strange. I was like, everything is, has a risk now. There's everything in life has a risk. And all I kept saying to Danielle was, I would rather take risks doing things I love around people I love than starting a new career that's something percent safer than what I'm doing right now. I just, it didn't make sense in my head. I'm not done with dancing. I wasn't gonna let coronavirus be the end of that for me. And I, these, these are back in like the first weeks, like yeah. how busy my mind was all the time thinking yeah. about what it would be like or how to make it work. Yeah, uh, I think I'm like, I would never wish the COVID to happen. But I think, like, it's here. We can't do anything about it. And with, like, each experience comes its own learning that you would never learn if it didn't happen. So, 
you know, what what wouldn't we have learned if right. this didn't happen? I, I believe in that too. I, I really do. I think challenges, they're always cause for growth. You know, being frustrated, having to face those frustrations, that's where learning happens. Yeah. Especially as an adult, I think. You know, you, you're, you're not going to find any new revelations on easy street, so to speak. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a moment in your life where you feel like you fell in love with dancing? Is there like a distinct, clear time, or has it just always been a thing? I think when I was younger, I always knew I liked it. Like, I joined it, I, I started doing ballet because I was like, oh, I love the sparkles, and, you know, <laughs> I, <Totally. laughs> I love the costumes, but... I, I was always kind of like, I know I like this, but I was always, like, really spacey in mm. class growing up when I was younger. Or maybe that was just me perceiving myself as being behind because I was an insecure young dancer. But, like, when I was 10, no, 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 12, no, no, 11. Okay. <laughs> okay, 11. Me in the middle. <laughs> when I was 11, I went to, like, a summer intensive at my local studio and that's when I realized, like, I had a teacher that actually worked with me, and she was young, and so she was still dancing, and was just still, like, one of my inspirations today, but she actually, like, worked with me, and I never really had someone working with me, and I realized, like, oh my gosh, I can work on this and, like, see results. Right. And I realized that, like, with that came more freedom that I didn't know really was there in dance and I was like then I was just kind of like I, I I see that you can work hard at this and get better at it so I liked that and I always <laughs> loved you know the music and and like I I feel like honestly I'm still like that little girl like that just wants to like do port de bras in her bedroom right because it feels good <laughs> I I agree with you <laughs> it's funny I had a moment I had a moment I was doing a musical theater experience I did the chasse ball chains and jazz hands and I was nine years old and I fell in love for certain I've fallen in love three times in my life and that was the first time and it was with ballet, mm -hmm. uh, or not ballet specifically. When I say ballet, I, I mean dance as yeah. a whole. I, I mean everything, but I just use the term ballet. But it was, it's always curious to me how other people have come to it or come to the professional level and what that is like. Because in my mind, there's no way you can do this and be unhappy yeah. or not feel that deep connection, that need to dance. Yeah. It's... I mean, yeah, you just end up being miserable. I think it's too challenging. It's too hard. It requires such an emotional investment. Well, that's awesome. I, I mean, you you were 11. That's when you figured out if you put the time and focus and energy in, you could get better. And then is there was there a moment where you wanted to be a professional or, or like, were moved to pursue it in that way? I think around 12, I just, just, just realized, like, like, okay, I'd kind of gotten into it and realized like I could actually like form technique within myself uh -huh. <laughs> and then I um just started like almost like too much obsessively watching all the ballet videos I could ingest totally. and reading um like Suzanne Farrell holding on to the air was one of my favorite books and like reading it and then like doing things like like, I just loved it. Um, she put, said in it one time that she, like, put a pin, uh -huh. like, a lucky pin, like, in her costume. So, of course, like, looking back, it was kind of, like, staged. But, like, for me at the time, I was like, well, I need something like that, too. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I have oh, I to think, do this. <laughs> I think it's really good to have an idol. I think you can learn so much about what you love from other people who love it, it yeah. uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you have to imitate, like, almost like imitation, you know. Yeah, there, there's a, an incredible amount of learning in imitation. I get really confused, I think that's a good way to put it, when, because we, we can learn so much from imitation and we can 
kind of embody other dancers we admire and you, you kind of watch them and you want to feel the feelings in their body. But then at some point you have to, in my opinion, to be really good, you have to break out of imitating. You have to let those lessons go or let that path go and start to create your own way of things Yeah. in order to maintain you know growth and learning and then also I think there's something about being genuine on stage that's just the equivalent of magic if you watch somebody who's just being themselves uh-huh. in a very honest way that is the best person to watch in my opinion they could be standing in the back playing a character role and holding a spear and whispering into the crowd's ears and it and it's real for them and I love that yeah. Or or they could be brilliant and principal and the center center and they're flying through the air. I, I mean, to me, those people are the most exciting. Yeah. But yeah, I get confused between when do I when do I imitate and try to learn and embody somebody else's dance, and when do I try to make it my own and and just riding that line. Do you ever think about stuff like that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a nerd no, in that way. No, I definitely do because I you know I feel like there's like there is technical standard and I want to attain that and have that but then I also like I just want to be free sometimes but I don't want to get but then sometimes me feeling all like free comes across like in my upper body or something as like you know out of control or something so it's like that balance but I I do feel like um, there's only one of one of you and if you don't like use that part in you that you have then it's kind of a waste because th- everybody can imitate something but some people are really good at it. I mean yeah some people are beautiful and they're great at learning from other people and they make it look like the, the way they've done it you know yeah, it's such a fine line between it's like tough. learning, like with choreographers and like finding their style, or um, you know style like Thornfield versus Balanchine, and you have to like absorb that. But it is like a fine line, that, like. Oh, but then how are you going to present it as like how something be important? Abby Grace to you. on yeah, stage. Yeah. I had a teacher that he would always be like in high school. I would do a variation, I would say, like, what do you think about it? What do you think? And he's like, it was, sometimes he would be like, oh, that was a, that was a better performance because I felt like it was honest. Uh-huh. And I thought that was so, like, interesting to say. Now I really, like, cherish what he meant and kind of him giving me that perspective of what honesty can, you know, Ring look to, like. Yeah, yeah, or look like. That yeah. makes sense. No, it's funny how I, I, I think back to my teacher's corrections, and it's like their words carry more weight the longer I've been involved in dance. Like, the more I learn about it, and then I think back to those memories of things they've said to me, I'm like, oh, that's what they meant. And then a few years later, I'll have a flashback, and I'll be like, whoa, that's what they meant. Yeah. And it just kind of, I relive those moments as I impress more of my own lessons into the corrections that they were giving me. But something I wanted to talk to you, I've been dying to talk to you about. We both went to the same school. Yeah. Um, UNCSA for you. It was NCSA for <laughs> me then. Um, I actually was there my last year at NCSA was the year they changed it to UNCSA. But oh. that's University of the North Carolina School of the Arts for, for everybody who doesn't know. And uh, I, I just, what was your experience <laughs> like? I, I loved it. Oh. For so many reasons, but I want to hear yours, your take. I loved it too. I like. I still just you know miss people there and the teachers that I had, and like I know it, it's changed, but I feel like the same energy and spirit and values like have not left throughout the years I had a teacher like tell me about UNCSA or NCSA for him mm-hmm. and so I it always been on my radar and what was your teacher's name um Benji Westifer is he in LA he 
He taught me in Georgia. In Georgia, and, okay. Um, he what danced for North Carolina Dance Theater and trained at UNCSA. Well, now Charlotte's Ballet. Right, right. But um, I'd always had on my radar, and then like I went to a some an ABT summer intensive there, and when I got there, I don't know, it just kind of felt right. I I loved like the atmosphere, right. and um, it was just like come and do your work and it wasn't like pretentious or trying to like put a mood out there it was just like just do your work and learn your technique and and you know we'll work with you no I, <laughs> I feel like that was the currency the currency was you work hard you show us that you can improve your dance and we will reward you with more challenges mm-hmm. and it it's very simplistic in that way and so all of the students are there you know you did you live in the dorms mm-hmm. yeah i i can remember living on the dorm hallway with actors dancers yeah. musicians film students visual artists and every single one of us was just as hungry to succeed at our own discipline and our own modality as the person in the room next to you and whether or not you were competing against each other because you were both dance majors, or one was a drama major or a musician, musicians were my favorites yeah. to hang out with because they were hungry and driven and tenacious and oddly introverted. And they spent so much time in their practice room, but I just felt like that energy and that drive taught me how to be a better dancer. Yeah, me Taught me too. how to love my art form more yeah. Because they were so passionate about what they were doing. It was that was what was rewarded. That was the the you know, the thing you wanted to be. Yeah. Was successful, passionate and grow and, and you know I I'm still in love of that place. Me too. I try to visit I feel like I learned so much because there's like like you said such a diversity of type of students and even with the in the dance program there's contemporary and ballet tracks and and then even within the ballet track there's like a whole variety of dancers um you know and different types of dancers and I feel like coming from a small school where like I was maybe um one of the few students that kind of wanted to um, go on professionally, which is fine, but I didn't have that uh, many other people to look to, to see, um, how they were approaching pursuing a professional right. Kind of compete, compete against, essentially, like, just have peers that, that pushed you in that way. Yeah. Well, that, that's the way I always thought about it. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but. No, yeah, and I felt like it didn't bring a sense of really, I mean, I guess healthy competition, but seeing, like, a variety of people in music and film and dance, all different, but seeing, like, what worked for them and how they um, approached their craft helped uh, me validate in some ways because I felt like, oh, to be a dancer, you have to, like, do this, 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 and this. Like, there's a checklist. Like a stereotype <laughs> that you had to fit into, a pigeonhole. <laughs> yeah, and it made me realize that everybody's different, and it was so amazing to see so many different people becoming the best they could be. Literally, just that was the currency. Like, personal growth, pushing your art form, pushing your abilities to express and explore and be creative it, it was an amazing place to grow up I was when I moved moved to North Carolina I was 16 and I stayed till I was 20 um, I did have a weird year where I broke my leg I went home for a few months came back but it, just being in that place shaped the person and kind of my personal drive when I came I, I got my job Eugene Ballet um, the summer I left. I had been doing professional gigs, but yeah, that, that pushed me to get here. And it was actually through a contact that I had met at school that I you know, got in touch with Eugene Ballet in the first place. 
wow. Who's who your favorite teacher? I'm sure we have some, oh, some crossover. Well, one that I... I, I'm not quite sure if she was there when you were there. It was Dana Fox. Dana Fox. There. She was my I very loved, first teacher at NCSA. I love Dana Fox. Uh, I loved her energy in rehearsals. Um, especially, I got to do Donna, Balanchine's Donizetti variations. Donizetti is one of my favorites. And that was a special memory. But I also, I had, I feel like... Did she, she coach you? Yeah. Yeah. She was my main know. teacher for my whole first year there I was in the, the lowest level ballet but she uh she got me on the right track I guess <laughs> yeah I and, loved uh, was how like, calm but like focused but fun it was like like great little cocktail like a kind <laughs> there she had a kindness to her her corrections like it was all for good yeah. even if she was like that's not very good <laughs> yeah yeah I loved her I did feel like that was something appreciated at UNCSA was that there was always I felt like a kindness to corrections like being messing up or doing something incorrectly didn't equal you're a bad person right it was okay that was wrong let's try again I definitely had some different experiences <laughs> from time to time oh, gosh. but that's I, I don't know it made me strong it, I think it made the kids who were invested and, and could understand what teachers meant when they were like, that's not acceptable. You need yeah. to stretch. You have three weeks to get your splits to the floor, you know. Or it, some some yeah. of it was super harsh. It I had a few blunt. Russian teachers that were crazy. And Kiwan Han, one of my favorite teachers of all time. I know he had left before you got there, but he was ruthless in his honesty. And everything he said was meant to make you better. Yeah, you know? that it was meant to make you better. But it just, it could hurt if you couldn't handle that or yeah. you weren't ready for it mentally. So he, he, it was like he did both. He trained your body, he trained your mind. He raised your standard. Every time you felt comfortable with something, he'd say, it could be better. And there was never really a moment where he gave you any, <laughs> any leeway yeah. to relax. And I think it creates a lot of fortitude in, in dancers. Yeah, I did find, although I found, ev I knew everyone had good intentions, in order to grow as an artist, they had to have really honest conversations with us. And it made us really, really think, okay, this like needs to get better. Right. And this isn't acceptable. <laughs> and, and yeah, but it, it made me better and I never knew, I never thought that it was yeah, because they thought, oh, this is because I think you're a bad person. It's right. Because I want right. you to succeed as a dancer. Yeah. Um, so, did you have Danilova? Um, I did. Nina, Nina Danilova. She was a beast, man. She just <laughs> gave the hardest classes and was always, like, heavy and Russian and thorough. She was <laughs> such a sweetheart. Yeah. I wish I could do her voice because it's so high and little and to the oh, I love you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what got me is because she would give such a hard class. Yeah, and be really harsh, yeah. you know, but then at the end she would say, I know it was a, a difficult class, but she'd tell us she loved yeah, it. Yeah, I love you, I love you, Baba, I love you. And she'd do that thing with her hands. Yeah. No, she was amazing. When I got <laughs> injured, she, she just, she cared. And she tried to help me in any way. She would get me molasses. She'd give me these jars of molasses. Say, eat the molasses. It's all got all the minerals for your bones. And like, oh my gosh. <laughs> she was, uh, yeah, like a velvet hammer. Just so kind and so harsh. <laughs> and I loved her. Yeah, for sure. Nina Danilova. Um, I had Frank Smith. I know you had Frank Smith. Yeah. Um, called him King Smith. He was yeah. awesome, and he just gave that super square, rounded class that I yeah. always counted on. I felt ready. I never felt like he was going to make me feel bad about myself. You know, on the other side of the spectrum, he just propped you up, gave you a good foundation. Yeah. He also was a brilliant coach. He coached me in a lot of pieces, but oh, wow. Rodeo and um, Peter and the Wolf 
were when I oh, worked Peter with him the most. The I'm sure he's still doing the he same Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf. Yes. They, did you? Were you in it? I wasn't in it, but I I saw it. You know, yeah. every year they would have Peter and the Wolf, and we would get so excited to see who was going to be, you know, like what in it. <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of like a training ballet when I was there. It was it was never the highest level students, but it was students who needed that push. Yeah. And and it was a good. You know, I had a good range of roles to challenge everybody. But I danced a grandfather for my first year, which was really fun. And then I danced uh, the wolf the second time through. It was awesome. I loved that there was a, in the party scene there. I don't know. Well, I guess I don't know if it was there because we did Ethan Stiefel's version. But we had mm. a grandma and a grandpa. Yeah, and yeah. I loved that. In Were the you a grandma? Scene. No. no. I was like. They're what? hilarious for sure. Yeah, I was like, why don't you see me as a grandma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They all, all the makeup tutorials for that stuff. It was so much. Oh, then I loved the... Yeah. Did you do makeup tutorials? Yeah, we had the full deal. Like, we had the... It was not my favorite at the time. I hated it, actually. But now I'm so grateful. Like, they made us do all of our own makeup and taught us how to be old and how to highlight facial structure and... Yeah. It was the I mean theatrical standards essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved it. It's nice to feel. It's so beautiful. I feel the same way here, because at at UNTSA it was so special to feel like I was a part of something that had a heritage and a history, and uh, I felt a lot like I was like I you know I wanted to be a part of that and be that standard that day set and I feel the same way here because there's so, uh, so much history and it's so special that Tony founded Eugene Ballet from the ground up and I feel special to be in this building too before we go to right before we one. go go to our new one uh, I can't tell you how excited and excited is a word I just keep spewing because it means so much to the company, to our city, to the dancers who are in the company, I mean, to our students. I, I can't say enough. I'm so passionate about it. I, I get, like, tingly when I think about it. I think it's a really special thing. I think Tony's brilliance, the people she surrounds herself with, it, it just, it all pays forward, and it and the organization that's here right now is an example of that fortitude, brilliance. She is genius. I'm, I'm biased, but I've been here for 12, 13. This is my 13th season. But yeah, That's what attracted me here, that she does costumes and sets and does her own ballets. And we have a resident, like, that's so awesome that we have a resident choreographer, too. And she has so many of her own ballets and you know Jen has been here and was a principal here and so I feel like I think I re that really I liked that that mm -hmm. everybody um, from what I could tell you know from afar because I you know hadn't been to Eugene ever before but that's what attracted me that it seemed like um, there was a history and a lot of creativity and being here I know that that's true after yeah reading, you can feel it I really and I'm really enjoying that um, I'm, I'm really hoping I can I love Tony's headpieces <laughs> see uh, yes <laughs> And it's brilliant. I There's no other way to say it. Yeah, I'm like amazed by the mermaid headpiece, and I really have been trying to learn how to make headpieces, so I'm hoping I can kind of keep an eye and learn something. Mm. <laughs> and I, no, I think there's something about Eugene, and been here for 13 years now, still trying to figure it out. There's so many creative people in this community. It keeps surprising me. I don't know why it does. I should feel I should feel like you should just recognize that it's a unique place in that way. It promotes the arts. People are hungry for that expression and and kind of perspective on life and the world. And I don't know what it is, but it attracts amazing 
brilliant individuals. The the costumers, we also work with Jana, who's another local um, costume builder, designer, and her and Tony just riff together and make your, create some amazing stuff. And then, you know, Suzanne, I got to kind of watch her transformation from a dancer in the company to her position now where she's resident choreographer and kind of has responsible and responsibility for the artistic directions that the company's taking and just watching her her voice grow and change it in her choreography and the way she says stuff and kind of took command of that it's been a pretty awesome experience yeah um, you know, I, I hope all of my colleagues get to see it in the same way. I guess that's also biased, but I, I have loved my, mo- my time here, and I see it as a really healthy thing for our environment, our community, I guess. Well, so you, were, uh, you were a freelance artist before you came here. Yeah. You spent some time in L.A. What was that like? How was <laughs> the scene? something I never thought that I would do. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like it takes a lot of bravery. Uh, I felt like I am a person that really likes to have my community and my home and a home base. And I, that, I'm so great. That's why I'm so grateful to be here yeah. um, and have that. Um, but I got engaged and I thought, well, my fiance went to UNCSA. And uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's in film. Yeah. So he was in L.A., and I thought, well, um, you know, I mean, he kind of has to be in L.A., and I just thought for a year I'd just try to see if I could do it. Uh-huh. It was a big learning curve. I imagine. Very steep. <laughs> it was a big learning curve. I, It made me... I'm really glad I did it, though, because it made me have to take ownership of myself as an artist. Oh, yeah. Um, because he would say, like, why, at the time, it's funny, I wasn't even, like, advertising myself as, like, a professional dancer. I was just a dancer, and he's like, why? I was like, well, because you're only professional, like, I guess when you get paid gigs, you know, and then if you're freelance, you're on and off. Right. And he was like no you have to you have to take ownership like right. you have to decide your this and and then you know embody what you want to be and what you already are if you want to grow right and um, setting goals i mean it's kind goals. of like simple as simple as that yeah so i I think I always have wanted to do that, but I think uh being in l a kind of made me have to take ownership of who I, what the direction I wanted to go as an artist. Like you were saying, um, you have to take everything and that balance between taking everything and then also offering some of yourself right. in that. And um, it was, I found the LA dance community to be really kind. Um, Where did you take class? I took class at um, Pasadena Dance Theater and huh. um Pacific Ballet Dance Theater, they have a company class um, in the mornings that I would go take, and it was interesting doing freelance because a lot of the freelance dancers, like, you're paying for your own classes every single yeah, day. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, really tough. So it was a fine balance because I also had a side job between being in that side job and then also being a dancer. Sometimes I felt it tilted a little bit too much towards the side job <laughs> and I was like yeah. am I a dancer you know right. that whole existential crisis happened but um I really hope that the ballet scene grows I think I think it is I think um, the ballet scene in LA yeah, yeah it's not as um supported as I wish maybe that's because there's so much film there right um I but wouldn't I even begin know. to know how to how to look at that, but I don't know. You would think that there. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's got to be a lot of capital around to to produce that type of art. I I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, there's so much so much money involved. Um, yeah. Yeah, my fiance just made his first 
feature. And oh, right on. Is he, what, what did he major in? What, is he a director? Or a... Directing. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, so he, so I um, have learned a lot about that, and I didn't know how much movies cost. Like his feature, they did a WeFunder campaign, and I think they raised like 85000 Uh-huh. And, you know, to me, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, no, like, that's like a, you know, mid to low budget film. Wow. (laughs) Well, there's so many moving parts. I mean, um, I took an opportunity when I was at School of the Arts to be on set while they were filming um, the scene. And it was a location shoot, and they had this house, and, you know, I just had no conception of how many moving parts and how many people were responsible for every little fork and knife on the table and the candles and making sure the cups were facing the proper direction and the handle on the knife yeah. was flipped in or out. And all of those things, I can't remember what the title is for that, um, but like lighting and grips, and they spent so much time just getting the lighting just right. Yeah. And it was like hours and hours, and I was sitting there, I was like, aren't you guys doing some stuff? Like, what, <laughs> when are you going to do stuff? And they're like, we're doing stuff right now. Yeah. You know, they had budgets while they were at School of the Arts, and they had people who would order the food for the crew. And I mean, it was incredible to kind of live in that world for a very short... It was just one weekend, but... Yeah. For that weekend, I was blown away I don't how much. think I could do... That's not my line of... No, I gotta be moving. I gotta. I feel like it is a team effort, and in dance, very much we also work in that with that same relationship. But man, it's it's. Yeah. It was so comprehensive the amount of work that went into every element of the shot, and then on top of that, editing and directing and you know managing actors, and it was incredible. It blew me away. I, I, and it's so different, like, uh, we have a lot of conversations about, um, live art versus filmmaking, and I always think, um, it, it's interesting, and it's just different. I, you know, at first I was like, but, you know, you can go back and edit, you know, with this, um, if we fall, we fall, (laughs) but, um, it's just different and I appreciate it is different so yeah much. did he did he have any opinion on that on what it was like to watch did he get to watch the show I guess I should start with that oh um yes he did get to watch the show um and he really enjoyed it he's like you're so lucky like he said that's a really good company <laughs> and I Thank said you. I feel really grateful to be here right. um I did fall <laughs> in the oh. first show um I, because we're in socks, and it's funny, I fell in the dress rehearsal, and I had told him that that was the worst that could happen, and as I was doing it in the show, I was thinking, okay, I'm not going to fall this time, this is great, and as I was thinking that, I fell to the floor, so, um, he was like, yeah, did you fall? I'm not quite sure, I was like, yes. I did. Did the camera miss it? Or what, what happened? Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to re- rehash it. No, it's okay. <laughs> it was just very fast. It was just like down up. So we have to, we go, we went to the front and then we ran quickly to the back, but we're in socks and uh-huh. I kind of just slid in the same spot in the same step oh, again. And It's like a glitch. <laughs> yeah. Jen said it kind of looked like a roll on the camera. Perfect. So I said, okay. Honestly, I was just so happy to be back on stage, and Me I couldn't too. really control it anyway. That it felt weird. I was like, "Am I irresponsible for not caring if I fell?" But I don't really care because I couldn't have done anything about it, you know. Yeah. And I'll just try to fix it when we perform it again. It's interesting. It 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 kind of comes back to in my mind. If you fall on stage, which I'm very grateful, I not done a lot of in my time my career but if you're going for something and and something happens it's kind of out of your control I still think 
there's a place in that mistake where effort counts. Like your intention was to just fly through the air and you, your foot slips a little in your preparation and bang, you pancake it, but you get back up. Yeah. And I think there's almost a redeeming aspect of that approach because you were just living and something happened. Yeah. But at the same time, if, if there's any sort of hesitation as a performer and, and you can kind of like fear takes over and you become cautious or tense and, and then a yeah. mistake happens, I feel like it's the energy that reads rather than the actual mistake itself. Yeah. I was watching New York City Ballet, Principal Sarah Mearns. She was doing this beast of a solo, and she pancaked it center, center, oh and got up and then knocked out this amazing pirouette, and boom, right back into the solo. And all I can remember, I mean, aside from the fact that it happened, was that the audience went crazy. <laughs> they, she just got back up. She didn't miss a moment. And she was, she, yeah, she was living. And that was far more redeeming than the fact that she had fallen down. Like, nobody uh, yeah. cared. Yeah. If anything, it was more genuine. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I observe, I'll watch, you know, videos, and if I watch myself, I'm like, oh, that was turned in. Oh, why did, oh, yeah, I hate you know, watching myself. I, it's hard. But when I watch other dancers, you know, sometimes I'll notice, like, oh, that was a little turned in, but I don't even care. I right, don't even, it doesn't matter. Like, watching, I mean, it matters, but, you know, like, it's more yeah, than, right. <laughs> it's more than, like, I, I make it a bigger deal. For me, that's all I see, but I'm sure if I watch somebody fall, I know if I watch somebody fall, either, like, as long as they're okay, uh-huh. if it was, say, like, nutcracker or something like Russian I would just think it was funny as long as they're okay I'd be like oh they were yeah. going for it that's great it. or <laughs> or if they're not if it's more serious or whatever I still don't really care as long as they're okay and they keep going <laughs> that's a great point do you do you have like um any sort of specific approach to performing do you feel like it changes um, rather than your approach to rehearsals or class I, I don't know it does feel different. I really don't want it to feel different, but what has helped me is accepting that it will feel different because I do get nervous before performances. Uh-huh. I do too. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it in a negative way, but yeah, I, I certainly feel some nerves. I used to think it was really negative. Why do you feel this way? You should be able to be calm. And, and that just made me more nervous, but I have had to work a lot on accepting um you know you can't wish away nerves and they're just there and mindfulness has helped me to um have my nerves come with me right and really try to really accept them and almost befriend them like thanks for trying to help me (laughs) but so you're just gonna have to come with me Uh, right you're very you're just so misguided um (laughs) and um, that's helped me rather than wishing I didn't feel nervous. I like, well, I'm nervous and expecting to feel nervous right. too. Uh, so I think that helped. I used to think I had to have like a perfect routine and I still find a lot of value in routine. In routine. Um, the show. Yeah. I think I've, I, who doesn't need a structure that helps most dancers, I feel like to have a good structure but to, um, sometimes I practice doing stuff differently on purpose so that I don't get um, so attached to something that if it doesn't happen, I feel like I can't perform. There's like a leeway. So well, that, would, that would be my one argument with that pre-performance, pre-performance routine is that if for some reason your routine goes afoul, mm-hmm. you still have to go perform. And you're yeah. still a professional and you still are held to all the same standards both by your director and your peers but yourself yeah and i i've let go of a lot of that desire to have the same routine and specific step-by-step program before i go out on stage because i found whether or not that routine goes well i still have to go out on stage and 
and actually letting go of that. And that's just my personal opinion. I, I, I see the value in that routine, but... Yeah. Uh, like helpful versus unhelpful routine. Yes, it, it can. I feel like it, it affects some people in a really negative way if they don't feel right or get the right balance of workout and, you know, going over their choreography. I, I, I just I can't do that. I, yeah. I think there's a point where you just have to trust yourself and go out there because that's what matters, not the routine beforehand. Yeah, I think COVID has forced me to do that and I think everybody to um, take something that was like out of our control and you know I felt like on stage we all had been through a rough time Mm -hmm. over COVID and not dancing and despite what was happening we were there and this is what was happening and I loved that we were all doing it together and that was just life and we were doing it so it was total magic (laughs) i agree i felt like and i kind of felt like this before so maybe i'm just impressing my own expectation but i felt like it was so raw like we all came together it was a very short amount of time that all the dancers were working next to one another and then boom we did it the cameras were there we we put that show together in three two nights essentially yeah and then performed as a unit and that was uh yeah it's a one way to get a genuine approach because we just didn't practice working together until that night and everybody showed up and did their thing and they did it well yeah i feel like i got a very a more rounded sense of eugene ballet as a new dancer through the performance because i finally because we've been in pods, I haven't really, didn't really see. Yeah, we didn't get to dance next to each other. It was, it was such a, a privilege, really. Yeah. When you think about all the work that went into it, and if we didn't have people behind the scenes making it happen, it wouldn't work. Yeah, it was nice to see things that I hadn't been seeing, and you know, I got potatoes that I hadn't mm. seen, um, behind the scenes work that I didn't know was going on all come together all the the i mean it was crazy with the the links to the show and making sure everybody who had paid for an online ticket got an email and i think it was a really like you said earlier it's a really steep learning curve for eugene ballet and we rose to the occasion we did it um little little tidbit there will be a digital experience for nutcracker and so we will be filming um, it won't be live, but we will be producing that digital Nutcracker experience at the same time we do our shows at the Hulk coming up oh. in a few months. Oh, that's really good to know because my parents were asking. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, my parents too. My mom is in North Carolina. My dad lives in Hawaii. You know, I have family in Kentucky and Florida and Texas. And it's just, it's tough to get them all together to be able to share the performances with them. And now I'm so grateful for for that opportunity to kind yeah. of send it out there normally um in my past experience with performances sometimes my family hasn't been able to make it because it's across the country or right and so it's so cool that they can see it um and especially not have to you know right now travel mm-hmm. um but it kind of makes me think about the future and can that happen in the future? That's really cool, but also live art is so important and actually yeah. being in the theater, so it's so like a whole new world. It is a whole new world. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it in terms, in the terms that ballet, or, or any live art that's performed in a theater, you know, it's not like a site-specific piece where you're in a parking lot and you're, you know, I don't know, don't yeah. worry about that. But uh, ballet, especially classical ballet, has evolved to be performed in a theater where you have an audience and a stage and there's a relationship between the stage and the audience and then everything that you create, the suspension of disbelief and all of those formal elements of performing in a theater are now being challenged and they may have to transcend a cell phone screen or at home on your your television or potentially a movie theater type of experience like the Met does their their live performances and they show them at movie theaters. Yeah. I think 
this is a, you know it's kind of a forced moment where we have to explore those modes of yeah. sharing what we do and but let's embrace it figure it out find new and better ways to explore what we what we do the, the art we create yeah I think about like the PNB version that Nutcracker the motion picture that was created. I haven't I haven't seen this I I haven't heard about it yet it's from I think the 80s oh really but oh they, my gosh. You know, this is worked, out of touch <laughs> it, yeah they worked with Maurice Sendak you know the Maurice Sendak mm-hmm. version and but it was like for film like they and actually the not the cavalier in it was my teacher and he oh so awesome he um he was my teacher in high school and he told me about the experience of working with the film crew and uh, thinking um now versus then when it wasn't a necessity to be doing that right um Oh, but like how cool! That was like ahead of its time. It was just something they were <laughs> were interested and excited about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are coming up to the end of our time here. Um, is there anything you would say to your new audience in Eugene or the people that might be viewing remotely? Um, well, I'm so grateful to be here. Some days I still can't believe I get to be here and um i'm very excited i have to to perform and collaborate and get to know eugene and everybody here in the company i'm so grateful (laughs) well welcome to eugene valley welcome to the eugene valley family um for everyone listening we are still we have made great progress in terms of meeting our match grant by december 1st we still have a lot of work to do and all of your support counts. So um, join me and Abby Grace in just putting the word out there. And thank you for your support. Please, please, um, you can donate through our website, uh, eugeneballet.org. You can still view our Home is Where the Art Is performance at experienceballet.org. I believe that's the website. Yeah. Experienceballet.org. <laughs> Um, it's $10 for viewing, but all of the proceeds from that performance go directly to our new building. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, thank you, Abby Grace, for joining us. Thank you. Eugene Valley at the Bar. Thank you for having me. All right, you have a good day, and uh, talk to everybody later. Thank you for joining us for Eugene Ballet at the Bar. Get in touch with us at podcast at eugeneballet.org with any feedback on topics you'd like to hear discussed on our show. Please donate to our Double Door Challenge to support our new building. You can find all the relevant information on how to be involved at eugeneballet.org. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, be well and keep dancing.